I've never heard of this before in my life, and such is the nature of fandoms and generations. But let me help you out. Five Nights at Freddy's is a new movie that's based on a series of survival video games that were released in the mid-2010s. The hook for this video game series, and now the movie on which it's based, is surviving each night working as a security guard in an old abandoned Chuck E. Cheese-type kids' pizza parlor where the animatronic characters may or may not come to life each night and may or may not want to murder you. In the movie, the security guard is named Mike Schmidt. Mike is played by Hunger Games star Josh Hutcherson. He's, in the he's the legal guardian of his little sister, Abby, and he takes this overnight job because he's worried he's going to lose custody of his sister to his aunt, who wants Abby for the government checks that are sent out each month for support. But this is where things get weird. Mike is still traumatized by seeing his younger brother kidnapped during a family campout, and he hopes that by reliving it each night in his dreams, he can see who did it. So when he intentionally falls asleep on the job, this time his dreams are invaded by some other kids who might have the information he wants for a price. Now that's the underlying story, but most of the movie is what's going on at the pizzeria and why. I don't want to give away any of the surprises or story twists, but I will say, for a movie rated PG-13, it was very intense at times, and there are some kind of gruesome deaths. Lots of jump scares too, but you would expect that. I was actually a bit surprised that it wasn't rated R. Five Nights at Freddy's is also unique in that it is playing in theaters, but it is also released to streaming last night on Peacock. However you choose to watch it, though, I do recommend do it with as many people as possible because it is more fun that way. Fans of the game will notice some story, big departures from the story from what they know, but I never played the video game. I also thought the movie left me with more questions and answers when it was over, so I can only give it two out of four stars. Now... The big streaming movie of the week is on Netflix. It stars Emily Blunt, Chris Evans, and Andy Garcia as these fictional representations of some real figures who played roles in the opioid uh, uh, epidemic. The movie is called Pain Hustlers, and it's based on a true story. Blunt plays Liza, a single mother raising a teen daughter with special needs, and her, she's near rock bottom when she meets Pete, played by Chris Evans. Pete's a pharmaceutical rep, and he offers her a job trying to get clinical doctors to prescribe a pain med for cancer patients that they've developed. When Liza starts having success, the money comes rolling in, which makes everyone happy, especially the doctor who developed the pain med and who's played by Andy Garcia. But nothing good lasts forever in these movies, and Pain Hustlers is no different. As solid a cast as this movie has, I was a little confused as to how I was supposed to feel about these characters. On the one hand, it seems like we're supposed to root for Liza and her determination and creativity to work her way up from rock bottom. But when she finds out her drug isn't as wonderful as it seems, then it seems like all the fault switches to everyone else and we're just supposed to forget that she made all this possible. For better or worse, Evan's character is never much more than he seems. The good thing about Pain Hustlers is that it's on Netflix. If you don't like it, you don't have to finish it and you're not out any extra cash. Pain Hustlers is rated off. 
Up next, a new film from Angel Studios. These are the people who make The Chosen and who made The Sound of Freedom. This one's called After Death, and it's almost a mix of drama and documentary about people who have had near-death experiences, or NDEs as they're called. The movie's a mix of the survivors telling their stories, complete with some dramatic reenactments and creative interpretations of the events they describe, and some scientists and authors who have researched the claims. How you feel about this movie, both as you watch it and after, may depend in large part on what you already believe or not about life beyond this one. Because this movie is from Angel Studios, you probably won't be surprised that the movie certainly leans more into the side of those who've had positive experiences rather than anyone who would be skeptical of it. But that is also presented as a point of view, as well as some people's experiences that were darker and more unpleasant. I myself really liked After Death. I liked its message of hope to anyone who feels like they don't matter or wonders if this life has any meaning. And I think it's worth spending some time and money to see. At the very least, it could lead to some deep and meaningful discussions. After Death is rated PG-13, and it's playing only in theaters. Now, staying with true stories, I couldn't let this segment go by without mentioning a new documentary on Paramount Plus called Millie Vanilli. And yes, it's about that infamous musical group from the late 80s that is best known for winning a Grammy, then being forced to give it back when it was discovered that the leads, Rob Pilatus and Fabrice Morvan, were not actually singing on the album. But oh, that's just scratching the surface of this entire tale. The full story is fascinating, heartbreaking, incredulous, and ultimately, at least for one of them, redemptive. Over the years, most people have blamed Rob and Fab as, they were, as though they were the masterminds behind all of this. But as the documentary shows, they were hardly the masterminds. And perhaps a lot of that anger should be aimed at the manager who discovered them in Germany, a guy named Frank Farian, who, let's just say it wasn't his first time using performers that weren't the actual singers of the songs. Sadly, the whole saga destroyed the life of Rob Pilatus, who died in 1998, but I highly recommend Millie Vanilli on Paramount+. Plus. Now, on to our honorable mention list, new stuff that we don't have time for more in-depth talk. First up is the action comedy Freelance that teams up John Cena with Allison Brie. Cena plays an ex-Special Forces operative who's hired for what's supposed to be an easy job providing security for a journalist, played by Brie, while she interviews a ruthless South American dictator. But... A military coup breaks out while they're there, and so the three of them, the journalist, the protection, and the dictator, must find a way out of the country together. Now, the trailer looked funny, but the studio did not screen this movie for critics, which is never a good sign. Hopefully, everything that's funny wasn't just in the trailer. Freelance is rated R, and it is only in theaters. Now, something a little more family-friendly comes to us from DreamWorks Animation Studios. The new streaming series, Curses, follows a family of adventurers, Skye and her two kids, Pandora and Russ. They're trying to undo a family curse that turned their husband and father, Alex, to stone. So Skye, Russ, and Pandora must race around the globe and return ancient artifacts that were plundered by an evil ancestor, hopefully in time to turn Alex back to normal, but also to avoid Russ and Pandora turning to stone themselves because they're next in line for the family curse. This is fun that your whole family can enjoy. All 10 episodes of Curses dropped on Apple TV Plus today. Another kid-friendly option this week is Lego Marvel Avengers Code Red on Disney+. Plus. It's a silly and humorous take on the Marvel superhero universe with Lego versions of all your favorites from Hulk and Iron Man to Black Widow and Spider-Man. This time, they're even bringing in Lego Wolverine from the X-Men to be part of the fun. Older viewers may chuckle, but it's the kids who will like this most. It's only a half hour long, it's safe for all ages, and it's streaming on Disney+. Plus. And finally... 
It's not out until Sunday night, but fans of HBO and Max's TV series The Gilded Age can rejoice that a second season of the period drama is finally here. The Gilded Age is from Downton Abbey creator Julian Fellows, set in the New York in the late 1800s and follows a fictional family of wealthy Americans. Everyone's dealing with economic changes and participants in the fight between old ways and those trying to position themselves for power in the new systems of the second industrial revolution. Season two will be eight episodes, one each week on HBO and streaming on Max. Now, looking ahead to next week, we've got a movie coming out that might forever change the way you think about Elvis Presley for the worse. Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't want to hear that. For the worse? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry It's to about that. Priscilla, his wife. Oh, interesting. Okay. It, uh, yeah. It's okay. not very kind uh, to the king. I will say, though, the Gilded Age, I had never heard of that until what? now. I know, and I, you know Shara, I love period drama. That is your thing. And I, I, I'm going to watch all of it this weekend. Yeah, so you, got, you can watch the whole first season first on Max, and, and then the second season begins on Sunday night. On Sunday night. Well, now you know what I'm doing this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Andy, thank you so much. Definitely grab a movie, cuddle up, and have a good weekend. Thanks. Hey, thanks for watching. I hope you and your family found this review helpful, and I invite you to check out my other in-depth reviews of movies and streaming TV shows on ksltv.com. I'll see you there.